Inconceivable. 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 Inconceivable? It's season five of Inconceivable. Very nice. I was about, I can't sing worth shit. We should have had this really, we should have just coordinated this awesome new little intro where we're like whistling and snapping and it's just... Sharing stories you've never heard Up to you to decide are they true and bona fide? Or are they just lies, deceit that we tell you? <laughs> yes. Watch out for our new album coming out. <laughs> coming no out never. Way. No way. Okay. Well, it was still fun. Well, it lasted. Um, yeah, welcome. Season five. We're obviously excited. We're Scoff and Wonk. Uh, yeah, inconceivable. I'm Scoff, you're Wonk. And yeah, we have exciting news. I you do? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, because yeah. I am coordinating a giveaway, our first ever giveaway on this show. Um, and it is going to be lasting for most of season five. And it is going to give you guys many chances to win entries into our giveaway prize, which... I have not fully solidified at this point, which I believe it is going to be a mug, a Starbucks gift card of $15, and your choice of a Team Scoff or Team Wonk t-shirt. That's the most important one, and you need to choose very carefully (laughs) as to who you want to represent. I'm actually very excited about that new design, so... I'm so stoked to be giving one of those away. You're such a dork. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you are listening to us regularly, one of the ways that you can earn entries is by answering really easy trivia questions that we'll have to do with each of our new episodes in Season 5. And that's probably going to be the easiest way, but we'll also be very happy to give away uh, entries for people who are helping to spread the word about us on social media, who are making... Um, some or who are writing some reviews for us, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anything like that. And Sending us some ideas. Yeah, anything, really. Yeah, we'll have a whole list of the ways that you can earn entries into our giveaway on our website. And that's going to be starting up as soon as this episode releases, Season 5. Woo! I like how you say we're going to have a whole list. I ain't doing shit. Uh, well, I did like, say I did say at the beginning I am organizing it. Yeah, I, everybody I, knows I, that I just, you don't do shit. I don't want to give people like the the wrong idea. I I I'm just here for sarcasm. Your job is just to come and be funny. Yeah, and I will do everything else. You handle all that <laughs> stuff. So props to you for taking care of all that. Well, thank you, yeah. but you don't sell yourself short now. You are a funny guy. I sell myself short. And... I'm five ten. <laughs> You're five eleven. Make any sense? And. You are also contributing stories for our bonus episodes, don't forget, so... Occasionally. Occasionally, Occasionally. Yes. With that being said... I have a very special story for you. You have the biggest shit-eating grin on your face, and that makes me very nervous. Why? It's but it's a special story just for you. Just for me? Because Scoff lately has been interested in ancestry sort of stuff. I have. Family tracing and 
Yeah, that sort of thing. It's a lot of fun, especially if, like, depending on your family, you might not be able to find a lot of information. I've got one side of my family that is very difficult to trace, and I've kind of hit a brick wall at my great-grandfather. But there are other sides of families where I'm going back right now, and there's still, I know I can go even further back, into the late 1700s. Mm-hmm. So Which yeah, I, I think it's I think it's pretty neat to be able to, even if you just have their names and like their date of birth, date of death, and like marriage dates, it's kind of neat to be able to track your bloodline, right? So looking at both maternal, paternal from both all the way back a few generations. That's, that's my new thing. Yeah, it is his new thing. It's my new and a lot of you will probably be interested in this regardless of whether you've tried this or not, because there's all the rage nowadays with, like, those Ancestry DNA kits and stuff, right? I want to do one so, at some point. I know you do, but we have to move on to we, the actual story. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I don't know. It just, like, devolved into sad dog noises. I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't mean to make you feel like a wounded Puppy, I... Wonk, we both know I don't have feelings. <laughs> now let's yeah, just move okay. on with that. Anyway, so um, I picked this story just because of that sort of hype that's going around, plus uh, Scoff's particular interest. Yeah. And trying to, like, without giving away what is actually happening, I'm just going to get started, but just think of it as, as being in that context. Sure. All right. Ready? So, this story begins in 2012, which, for those of you who don't know, is kind of around the time when all of this rage about Ancestry.com and DNA kits and stuff began. It was also about nine years ago. Which is really scary to think about. It is. I remember when people were so freaked out about 2012 being the end of the world. Yes, we went to an end of the world party. We were 15 or 16 uh-huh. at the time. We were playing video games in someone's basement and we were like, oh, it's past midnight because I, the world didn't end. Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah. Just want to be 2012. Yeah. Okay. Um. 2012. A woman named Alice Collins, um, Plebic. I think that's sure. What you say. Sure. I know there's a. <laughs> I think that's how. I know there's a sound. I kind of got this from some uh, YouTube videos. Oh. Um. Uh. YouTube video by, I want to say, like, Wonderbot or something like that. Thank you, Wonderbot, for this video. Yes, I wrote it here. Wonderbot. Thank you. I'm using your story. Um, Alice <laughs> Collins. Plebech. How do you spell that? P-L-E-F. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I copied this. I tried to write the way it sounded from the video. Uh, we we seven... are incredibly mean, and we do apologize to anyone who has, like, a difficult to pronounce I'm last so, name. sorry. <laughs> Uh, she was 72 years old, okay. as resident of Washington. Um, and this began when she... So she had a mother, who was also named Alice, who was interested in gene- genealogy. So her mother, Alice, kept handwritten family records, which I think is pretty impressive, um, which included births, deaths, relatives, etc., like all those things that you try to do on the computer, except they're all handwritten, like, painstakingly so. I was about to say, though, that is my plan eventually. Like, I trust computers. I definitely think they're, like, they're super useful. Mm -hmm. I'm not terribly worried about, like, losing data, especially if it's saved on an online server somewhere. Yeah. But you never know. Mm -hmm. So I I do the same thing. I've, once I, 
acquire all the information, my plan is to buy a big bin and quite literally just start printing off relevant documents. So good on, good on her for doing the, the physical Yeah, she, she's doing a lot of, yeah, like more painstaking hands-on research than like, I mean, yeah, the internet was around, but just keep in mind that this was Alice's mother. So this was before all of the ancestry stuff was a thing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, her mother's side of the family, because of this, was obviously very easy to trace. Um, she knew very specifically that she had Irish and Scottish, um, sorry, Irish and Scottish slash English backgrounds yeah. on her mother's side. So it was very easy for her to be able to tell that thanks to her mother's efforts. Um, and she did know that both sides were Irish Catholics, so both her mother and her father. But just that lack of detail in regards to her father's ancestry and past. Yeah. Like, um, Alice began to sort of feel bad for her father's side. Like, she she wanted to have more information for that. Because she, she had clear records of her ancestors' arrival in America on her mother's side, which is really cool. So she's like, okay, well, why can't I find the same sort of stuff for my father as well? Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, it was much less clearly laid out for him, and, and she... She says in interviews, like, there was just no history there and she wanted to explore it more. Um, so her father, Jim Collins, the only thing that she knew for sure was that he was the son of Irish immigrants. Um, the mother passed away, or sorry, Jim Collins. Yeah, so the Irish immigrants were her father's parents. Her grandparents. Yes, her grandparents. Um, and that that the mother, so I guess her grandmother passed away when her father was just a baby. Um, and her grandfather was unable to care for the children, unfortunately. Um, so she, uh, so he gave them away to a... Gave them away sounds really bad. Wow. Um, he... <laughs> just like you see when you're walking down the street, there's like a box of free puppies. Just no. Um, no, he, he um, placed them in a Catholic orphanage. Got it. Yeah, sorry. Gave that them came up out, for adoption. That or... came out really wrong. Yeah, that I'm, is what happened. I'm slowly corrupting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Alice obviously spent many years not even sure of his birth year because um, it was. It, it's very strange. Uh, the father, Alice's father, actually believed that he was a year older than he was. And so oh, there was something weird with his, I guess, like, you couldn't be sure how soon after the birth the baptism happened. Yeah. And so there there are certain complications with that. And when you add on the fact that he was in an orphanage, so he was eventually just adopted, um, that adds on that extra layer of, okay, we know more about the adoptive parents, but not so much about the actual bloodline. Um, but anyway, Alice decides to undertake the project of looking into her father's family history for all of these reasons. Um, uh, and it was a very, um, it was a very painstaking process. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, so one thing she knew that what was always puzzling was her small, her father's a uh, small build. He was just very little. Um, and this was something that doctors always told the father that they just believed he was malnourished at the orphanage. Which yeah, makes sense. I could see that. Um, and the only things that she really knew um, was that he left the orphanage in his teens and sort of had this, like, rebel phase, um, joined the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and married her mother. Um, 
Alice knew that her father had a sister who had died and a brother who he wasn't close with. So those were both dead ends in terms of, you know, that part of his family's bloodline. And yeah. Yeah. So anyway, her father passed away in 1999. Um, so in the years following, when she tries to start doing the research, she finally is able to find a bit of a paper trail. Um, she finds out that her father was born in the Bronx, New York. Um, so her grandfather, the father of her father, I know it's getting confusing, but Alice's grandfather was Joseph Driver, and the mother's name was Katie. She passed away young at 32. Oh, I thought we were talking about the grandfather before. Yeah, it was Alice's father who joined the Okay. Army. So After, World War II kind of period. Yes, sorry. Sorry, I was, I was confused War as well. He, yeah, he left the orphanage and joined the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Okay, got it. Um, but engineers, I don't know if, like, I don't really know what that means. Works on vehicles, tanks, maintenance roads. Oh, interesting. Things like that. So, yeah, that was that was the, the father, Alice's father, and she is able to find out about his parents. Okay. Who was this Joseph Driver and the mother, Katie. And as we know, Katie passed away at a young age. She was 32, and that's when the father was no longer able to care for the family. Yeah, that's why she... Okay, that makes sense. So that's why they end up in the orphanage, yeah. So um, Alice's father was at an orphanage named St. Angus Home and School. Um, But that also kind of turned out to be a bit of a dead end for Alice because that place wasn't around anymore by the time she got there. Okay. Um, So it's it's really, really... I have lots of pages of notes here because the process she went through to find all this information, it's just, it's astonishing how much patience she had. She was I mean, only... listen, when you're 72 years old and retired... I guess. Like, and I guess not, if, and if you're really passionate. I'm not saying this to, like, to be rude or anything like that. I'm being genuinely serious. Like, I'm, well, I'm 25. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have to work right now, I was retired for whatever reason. The amount of time and effort I could put into yeah. any given activity would be greatly increased, mm-hmm. right? Especially, yeah. like you said, if you're interested. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but anyways, so she, she went through a lot of trouble to find the names of some of the sisters who worked at the orphanage, even though it was no longer open. Um, and she actually wrote them letters, which, and she received responses, but those also ended up being, for the most part, not helpful. I can't imagine, like the amount of children they probably see. Yeah, yeah. It'd be really hard to remember one. Um, yeah, so this brings us to um, the time period in 2012 when at-home ancestry and DNA kits became available. And so at this point, after all the trouble she's been going through for probably quite a while, because her father passed away in 1999, um, and she was working on this project probably a few years after he passed away and was working on it for a long time, leading up to 2012, when finally she's ecstatic because this, these DNA kits and stuff are a thing. Um... So she sends off, um, oh, sorry. First she, um, discovered the place that she thought was her father's family's village back in Ireland before they came over here. So that's pretty cool. And she actually considered visiting there. Um, but then things kind of take a turn when the DNA kit arrives and she and her sister Jenny both swapped cheeks for a test. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Plot thickens now. I know it's been a little bit boring leading up to now, but... Boy. So she and the 72-year-old lady and her sister... Take a test. Got it. Yeah. One month later, she gets the results. They surprise her. She is not the father. 
she is she's not the father? <laughs> what? <laughs> Whenever you hear like oh DNA God. tests and surprise results. No, okay. Picture you are not the father. No. And there's the chi- okay. This is really uh, it's a very interesting story. Um she finds out that she's less than 50% actually of Irish, Scottish and English. Interesting. Which she thought both her parents were, right? Less than 50%. The other half of her is an unexpected combination of European, Jewish, Eastern European, and Middle Eastern. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All over the place. I would like to briefly say that I watched a whole news segment about DNA kits and how what they are doing is comparing your DNA to the DNA of other people. So... It's, it's, like, accurate in the sense that they can tell you what's in there for the most part, but those percentages have to be taken with a grain of salt sometimes. Yeah, there's always going to be a, a yeah. degree of difference. Yeah, but it, regardless of, like, how much... Because they're doing some educated guessing as well in these kits. Yeah. Um, but, like, regardless of the specific percentages, it is clear that she is only half-ish of those Irish, Scottish, and English roots, and the other half is very unexpected. She's not pure Scottish. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so first she's like, okay, testing lab mistake, question mark. And she writes them a letter. She took the same test a second time with the same results. Dun, dun. So at that point she's like, okay, it wasn't a mistake. Um, so do you want to guess what her first thought was? Uh, I don't know. Did her mother have an affair? Dun, dun. Was her first thought? Or were both of them not her parents? And she so, adopted. Yeah, so then her head starts spinning with all these theories, Although, right? The thing is, like, the if you go back far enough, like, if, let's say, the father who gave up the son for adoption, like, if it turned out his family history was all Middle East, like, that would skew it as well to a degree. I but suppose. I but anyways, it's but like the thing that was so surprising was how significant an amount, right? Yeah, it would be a very small amount, so that's weird that it's yeah. big. So I'm getting there. Stop interrupting you, me. You get there. I will stop interrupting you. <laughs> <laughs> um but like yeah, so the theories are going on and on in her mind, and this the thing that sucks is it kind of turned her identity upside down a little bit. Yeah. Right? Like, people who work in this business encourage you to not do that. To not be like, oh, I'm uh, 37% Scottish, time to go invest in a kilt. Like, no. <laughs> don't don't just, like, change who you are and how you were raised based on these results. Honey, where are the bagpipes? You know, like, that's... That, they don't encourage you to do that, but, like, this yeah. was... This is very a very new technology. I, I say technology. Like I said, it's a lot of educated guessing, basically. Yeah. Um... Don't let but it yeah, change like she... or define your identity. But, like, if I was to find out that, hey, I actually have a decent amount that's, like, I don't know, Spanish, you'd want to maybe just take a look into that, learn a little yeah. bit about the culture, learn more but don't about be it. consumed by it. Yeah. So, anyways, she, she becomes, like, even more obsessed with this project at this point, and she has the skills to do this because she used to be an IT manager at uh, University of California. Okay. Um, so she was determined to research answers, and she had all of the s- skills and tools that she needed to do this. Um, and she she had this gut feeling that there was just something going on with her father's side. Yeah. Um, seeing, like, has 
he was the one who was sent to the orphanage and adopted later. She didn't know much about their family history at all. Like, it hadn't been traced like her mother's side. She was wondering, were they secretly Irish Jews when they arrived? His parents, right? Yeah. Her grandparents. Were they secretly Irish Jews? Did they just say that they were Irish? Um, like, she asked a couple cousins, one on each side at this point, to take a test as well so that... She could clearly see, because these were first cousins, right? So she should clearly be able to see what's going on. Yeah, the results should be similar enough once you factor in the other... Yeah, and she's doing one from each side, right? So she could have a cousin from her mother's side and then a cousin from her father's side and see what is happening. Yeah, makes sense. Um, On the maternal side, the cousins had a 12.5 DNA match, which confirmed that they were indeed first cousins. Yeah. On her paternal side, they shared zero DNA. So her mother, in theory... Oh, wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. So you said the paternal side there was zero match? On the paternal side, her first cousin, whom she thought was her first cousin, yeah. shared absolutely no DNA with her. So She's in other words... grandmother. In other words, the sister of her father was not related to him. Yeah, which is the grandmother had kids with two different dads. Oh, no, not related at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm picking up what you put down. So, the brother and sister were not related. The at brother all. and sister being the her like, father, her and, father her and his sister. Yeah. So one of them was adopted. <clears throat> Jim Collins <laughs> was not related to his parents. And there... And... For years, people had been noticing there was no resemblance between him and anyone that they thought he was related to, right? Yeah. Like, he he was 5'4", dark-haired, that and he just, he, he didn't fit, like, when you looked at family photos, he just didn't really fit. Jim Collins is the name of Alice's father, like, just so we're very clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so something weird's obviously happening. <clears throat> In 2013, she was very close to solving the issue when she finally got a birth certificate. Um, and she kept thinking, okay, was was her father at the orphanage as a baby mixed up with another baby? Yeah, that's a possibility. Because he was at the orphanage at a young age. I don't know exactly how many months old, but he was a baby. Right? So, I mean, babies are beautiful little things, but they're also just little potatoes, and they all kind of look alike. Yeah. Yeah, they, right? they all like aside from like obviously like skin tones and some are like chubbier, they don't have a lot yeah. of distinguishing. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of features. most people come into their features more in their adult life. Yeah, because like my eye color changed when I grew up, and my siblings, a lot of their hair colors changed. Yeah. Like it just naturally happens; you just grow into your features. You right? put six babies in a row, and like then move them around and try to have someone pick out the same baby they picked be, up the first time. So It'd probably be hard. It'd be pretty hard. Anyway, so, um, she, this is very interesting. So she had forensic artists compare photos of her father as a baby before going to the orphanage and as an adult alongside the family. Okay. And these artists were able to conclude that the baby and the adult were the same person. Okay, so there was no mix-up in theory. In, yeah, that would, unless the forensic artist was mistaken, that would disprove the theory that the baby got mixed up at the orphanage. Okay. So now she's back to square one. 
Um, she decided to check hospital records from the time that her father was born, which was, like, this was a while ago, right? So it was almost an impossible task. In the Bronx, in the year of her father's birth... Oh, 1913, I found it. 1913. 1913. His birth. Oh, so we were pretty close. So the early 1900s. Yeah, for, but like, yeah, so he he would have been in the war in the Second he, World he War. He would have been in the Second World War. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the so the list of births in the Bronx area in that year were was 159 pages long. <laughs> yeah. Um, and records have evolved over time. So back then, they were not organized by date. There was no difference between home and hospital births. Like, nothing to separate the list at all. She just had to look at the list, the whole 159 pages. That is brutal. Like, yeah. And I'm sure they weren't organized alphabetically or anything either. Like, it's just a list of names. Um, She was able to narrow it down to 30 births. Um, She uh, combed 6,000 people who were tagged as potential family on Ancestry, which was so painstaking. Okay, I'm... Listen, when I do Ancestry, it's like, here's three possible tree, and I'll look through, and if, like, 90% of the shit matches, I will say, yes, that's most likely the same person. I can't mm-hmm. imagine looking... Like, there's a fair to middle chance that I've said someone is my fourth great-grandfather when they're actually not. Well, okay, so the part of Ancestry that you're talking about is different, though. Be careful. It's different when you do the DNA swab and you get the results. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when you go in on your account, it shows you, like, a whole list of people who might potentially be related to you. Oh, and she's going through the... Yes. Okay. So it's very different from what you're trying to do. Okay. Like, she has... The, the thing with what you're trying to do, which is just co- sort of the family tree and looking for paper documents, that one you have very little to work with. Yeah. Whereas the, she the opposite, she has so much, right? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So anyway, Alice spent two and a half years searching oh my God. with no luck whatsoever. Um, January 18th, 2015, she wrote to um, the cousin who she now knows is unrelated to her um, to just kind of update him on what's happening. Um... And she had hit a dead end, but just kind of on a whim, she checked the genealogy account for her father, Jim. And this time, finally, there is a match that shows up. So she contacted this person. Um, So this... Okay, so Jessica Benson was her name. Um, And she said that she, um, she was also surprised by her results because she expected to be more Ashkenazi when she was taking the test. Which she just did on a whim, apparently. Um, And, yeah, like, she she has these Jewish roots, right? And then she was shocked when they came back with Irish. Huh. Do you know where I'm going with this? I I think so, but I'm (laughs) going to let you finish before I jump to conclusions. So Alice asked Jessica if someone in her family had been born around 1913. The answer was yes. Uh-huh. Someone at Fordham Hospital had made a terrible mistake. Oh my god. <laughs> Jim Collins and Philip Benson, born on the same day, documents showed birth certificates processed one after the other by the same doctor, had been switched at the hospital. <laughs> I wonder how common that actually is. I'm getting like, there. Like, I totally believe this happened, and mm-hmm. that's why I'm, but I'm like, because here's the thing. Unless you're willing to go through the amount of painstaking births as she did and include the DNA testing, mm-hmm. 
You would never know. You, you would could come never across the same history and just be like, oh yeah, that's them. Because mm-hmm. there's no reason to check DNA. Yeah. Like it might be it might have been easier if there were more Like the thing is, you could tell if you had like very clear physical differences, but then the babies probably wouldn't have been mixed in the first place. If say one of them was clearly yeah. like African American, that's why I said you know like babies are like potatoes; <laughs> they all look alike. No, seriously, even like even yeah, um, from what I recall, even like African American babies tend to be lighter skinned at birth. Oh, are they? They're, like I didn't know it's that. a lighter, and then they, they they get that kind of pigment over time. That's interesting, right? And that's why I'm saying like enough babies in a row. Yeah, it can be very difficult to yeah. tell. Like. One day, hopefully, we'll get to go to the maternity ward and and kind of see that. Uh-huh. But yeah, it, from what I understand, oh. babies look very similar. Wow, interesting. Okay, well, anyways, um, I don't think that's an excuse for this very oh, no, no. astonishing circumstance, which is that this doctor switched. He put, he sent an Irish baby home with a Jewish family. And he sent a Jewish baby home with an Irish family, basically, is what happened. Um, And so the more Alice is looking into this, the more she discovers the horribly disorganized system that the hospital had for babies at the time, which is basically that they were all kept in the same cart and they relied purely on, like, the memory of the mother and the nurse. And there was no, like, there were no, those whole wrist label thingies, that wasn't a thing. God. Yeah. Or even, like, I don't know if this is at all true, but in movies they have them in that, like, little nursery with the little, like, sort of clear beds with, like, the label on the front. Yeah. Like, even that is better than this. This just sounds like Could they're you, like, wheeling around a cart and it's like, okay, here's a baby. <laughs> I think that's yours. Have fun. Like, so like, like delivering the mail. Exactly! <laughs> they just pick one up, chuck it into a room. I just, like, I don't understand. Like, I'm trying really hard not to blame the doctor here because it sounds like this was a horrible system. Even, like, I'm not, I don't know what side effects this would include, but you know, like, could you, were Sharpies a thing back then? Could you, could you grab, like, a marker and, like, on their little, like, wrist be, like, four? And then four in your system, is it, you know? I don't know, but it's just, it's stupid. They were all their toenails different colors? They were all kept in the same nursery. They were not identified. The bracelets that I mentioned, those weren't a thing until the 1930s. So this would have been before that. Dumbass. Um, yeah. So, can you, can you imagine finding out, like, today... That your mom was switched in the hospital with another baby. I just can't... I can't comprehend that feeling. It'd be weird. But... Like... It, it would it would be weird. And the reason, like, she's obviously... This lady is so... Um, kind of into what she's researching, but... Honestly speaking, if this happened to me, like, it wouldn't make a huge difference in my life. My mother would still be the only mother I've ever known. Same with, like, I think my grandma would act the same way. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it does happen is more than a little concerning, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Anyway, so I'm just, I'm going to pull up a picture here to go with this next part. But basically, 
Um, so at this point, once they realized what happened, Alice Collins and Jessica Benson exchanged photos um, and of their families. Yeah. And suddenly everything makes sense, right? Because now they can see one is not like you should have had the short jewish man (laughs) i should have had the irish guy right whoopsie daisy yeah yeah (laughs) um so yeah uh (laughs) everything makes sense and she even um discovers a biological first cousin on like through jessica benson right so her actual cousin by blood um, even though they didn't grow up ever knowing each other. And the photo about, I'm about to show you um, is because I want you to see how similar she and her first cousin, who she finally found, look. Because they look so similar. It's crazy. And uh, like they could be sisters. So you're suddenly like, wow, yeah. Yeah. You're obviously related. I can see it. They have the same neck. <laughs> Random. No, like, yeah, I know they're wearing sunglasses. Like, no, no, but, but you look at like where the collarbone kind of comes down. Look at their noses, identical noses. Yeah, I see the nose. They their have the smile. same smile and dimples. Yeah, like they they have those long dimples on in their cheeks on the side of their mouths. Yeah, I can see it. Like they look so similar, and you're like, yeah, you're obviously first cousins. There's yeah. no doubt about that now. Um, so like that would be really big. <laughs> That'd be really big. So she kept in touch with this cousin and with Jessica, obviously. Um, but it, do- like I said, it raises a lot of questions of identity, which is why people encourage you to think of these DNA things more as entertainment than as yeah. actual scientific proof of things. Um, because, yes, it helped her discover this switch. Um, but... It raised all these questions in her of, is she Jewish because she was born that way? Or is she Irish because she was raised that way? Like, that's the thing that they want people to avoid, is having that conflict within themselves. Yeah. If you were raised a certain way, and that is the the identity you want to hold fast to, doesn't matter if you were born Jewish or if your father was born Jewish, right? No, I agree. Like, I I think sometimes people get... Like, she kind of did, obviously. I think it's a really neat story, but a little bit too caught up with that. Like, uh, we were talking before, I I have a decent chunk of my family that is from, like, the Ukraine and Russia and kind of Prussia and all mm-hmm. that sort of I have no connection whatsoever with that identity. Like, it's... I don't have a connection with Scottish, mm-hmm. right? I'm Canadian. It really yeah. doesn't matter. It's just something neat to find out. Yeah, it's but neat to learn these things. Your identity is something you construct yourself based yeah. on your beliefs and your values. Yeah. It should not be dictated to you by bloodline. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say with this story is let be free in how you decide what your identity is yeah. and what you believe and how, like, what kind of either cultures or traditions or whatever you want to keep practicing in your adult life. Yeah. And don't let this sort of industry influence that, you know? Yeah. But anyway, like, it was, yeah, it was obviously a very big event for her and her family. Um, and she ended up being grateful that her father died before learning about this. Really? Because she thought that it would have really, like, if it affected her sense of identity, she was like, I can't imagine how that would make him feel. Yeah, I That guess. he grew up with a family that wasn't his family. 
you know? Well... Like, yes, it was, it was. in the sense that they raised him, but you know what I'm saying. No, like, no, I get what you're saying. That's Just finding out that... Like, it's a lot like the story from South Africa. Was it... Was it Zafina? The girl who was raised... What was her name? By the apes? It was Misha and then Zephanie, I think I want to say, is the lady who... Uh, her mother took her from the hospital when she oh, was yeah. born. Oh, yeah. And so... She loved her mom, her mom who raised her and had such a deep relationship, but inevitably she was conflicted and confused when she found out that she had been kidnapped by that person. That was right? a weird story. It was a very weird story. So anyways, I feel like that would be a similar situation where it's like, I love these people who raised me and, you know, they'll be, they'll always be my family, but I technically never belonged to them. I technically belonged somewhere else. Right? That would be... I think that'd just be what hard... That... Yeah. Oh my god, I can't talk. That would just be hard to take. I, I get what you're saying. I... I don't know. I... To me, family is, is the one that raised you, the one that cared for you, the one that, you know, cleaned your diapers. Yes, family is the emotional connection. And... Yeah. Right? Like, if I found out tomorrow... And maybe this is just me. Maybe I just don't have a very strong connection to anyone identity. But if I found out tomorrow that, like, there was a mix-up at the hospital with me... Mm-hmm. I'd probably be like, huh, neat. And then I'd go eat a sandwich, right? Like, I, maybe I would search them up. I'd, I'd see if I could, like, learn a little bit about them for, like, medical reasons. I, I think you you might be underestimating how much I, it would affect I, you. I, I really don't. Anyways, um, she, so what she encourages people to learn from this story is, like I said, to... To really have this mindset of I shape my identity and who I am. And the people who raised me are my family no matter what. Yeah. And to look at things in that positive light. So she learned to look at it in the sense that if the Collins... um, um, The Collins children, so meaning her and her siblings, would not exist if this switch hadn't happened. And yeah. so that's the way she tries to look at it, is in that positive way. I think that's fair. Yeah. I like that. That was a good story. I do wonder, though, like, how common that is. I did wonder that, too, when I found this story. Because when I first watched that video and decided that I wanted to write it out for an episode, I was mind-boggled that a baby could just get switched with another baby at a hospital. But then when she, when Alice went on to explain the system back then I'm I'm now wondering like how how common was this especially back then especially back then I, it'd probably be a lot harder now with the wrist bracelet labels and stuff wasn't there a whole show about that switch to birth or something I don't know I, I swear there's was a, that a fictional show I think I think so but it kind of like addresses that issue I swear like there's yeah it's a family and these two girls were switched at birth and then the families kind of become friends interesting uh, yeah, it, it, that, yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound like I think I've seen that. reality TV, but I suppose no, that was, could be fictional. That might be based on, you know, the idea. Several, several cases of this popping up where families had a similar issue. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it was. I think it was not very common, but I wouldn't be surprised if you were to tell me like, out of every ten thousand births, two were switched. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, because as much as we'd like to think that a mother would recognize her baby, like we've talked about, it might not always be possible. Like, babies have some differences, 
obviously. Like, you, you know, even if the physical differences might not be as apparent as they would be in adulthood, you still have, like, some babies who have more hair, some babies who have less hair, curly versus straight. Yeah. I still think, like... I'm, I don't want to sound assumptive, but I still think that s- some subtle differences in skin pigment might help identify babies, right? Like From what I'm reading, and I'm, I'm not citing a source, is looking at something, I guess this came out in 1998. It was a statement by a vice president of technology um, at Talon Medical Limited. I don't know what the hell that is. About 28,000 babies get switched in hospitals every year out of 4 million out of 4 million births. So that's 6,000 babies or not 6,000, that's 7,000 babies per 1 million births, which makes it 700 per 100,000 or 7 births for every 1,000 babies born. Or 7 babies for every but that- 1,000 births. Seems very high. Seems very high. And that's nowadays? That was in 1998. I don't... That's That's weird. That's insane. That's weird. So basically, you have a not 7% chance of being Our baby better have a birthmark. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I don't want... Like, I would love any baby. Don't get me wrong. I would love any baby. But I kind of want my baby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like I will. I, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I yeah. Doc, I, when the doctor hands you a potato, you hope it's your potato. You hope. You hope. Like unless that's what. Like obviously, if we went through the adoption thing, that's different. I'll take yeah. any baby you give me. But like when I'm giving birth, I want the baby I have birthed. So when, when we have a kid, I'm just gonna like follow. That, they'll be like, You're just gonna we just follow need to the take nurse. us to clean them up, and it'll be like, okay, I'm just gonna come with. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I kind of wish you hadn't Googled that statistic, because <laughs> now I'm like, I'm sad. You know, the more I think about it, you don't look anything like your cousins. Oh my god, shut No, me and my cousins, <laughs> me and my cousins have the same green eyes, with the exception of the one. Um, and... The more people tell me to just ignore the fact that I have, like, ridiculous curly hair compared to everybody else, and, like, all my siblings have blue eyes, but I don't, but they tell me to look at the facial features, and then when I do look at pictures, I'm like, okay, I do look exactly like my brother. Sure, (laughs) sure. I do. I once used one of those filters in one of those stupid apps. I think it was Snapchat. Stupid. But, like, there was a... Yes, there was a, a filter that switches you from... I hate this because it's so like gender. It's so yeah, it's so binary. But it switches you from a maleish looking gender to a femaleish looking gender. Masculine and feminine. Too yeah. too binary for me. But anyway, somebody tried it on me once. I think one of my sisters tried it on me, and I looked exactly like my brother. It was actually frightening. And I was like, Have I always had masculine features? <laughs> Do I look like a manly man, or is it just this filter that's really weirding me out? But it was kind of strange. All right, as long as you're confident confident that I'm related to my family? Yeah. I'm fairly confident. I know, just, just checking. And I'm fairly confident you are, because you look exactly like your mom and sister. Thanks. In a very handsome, manly way. Yeah, nice save. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for joining us on the, uh, I guess, first episode of Season 5. Yes! Look out um, for our 
announcements we'll be making about the giveaway, please check our website for a list of all the ways to enter, and we hope you enjoyed this episode, and there will be many more to come. We will see you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Please support us any way you can. And until then, stay classy. I don't know, I want to be British. Hey, I have some English ancestry. If we could choose? I would go Celtic. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I, could, I love Celtic I'd go, I'd go stuff. solid Scottish, yeah. Highlander. Yeah. Nice, that's not <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you guys next time. Bye.